Hey everyone, Mike here, again with an intro before this week's episode. As this month progresses, we will be continuing to donate our show's ad revenue. And seeing as June is Pride Month, we are now donating to the Homeless Black Trans Woman Fund, as well as the Okra Project. Check out the show notes for links to those and to other organizations who support the Black Lives Matter movement and Black folks in the LGBTQ community. We encourage you to donate and sign petitions and get involved however you can. Thanks. Now, enjoy this week's episode. A rowdy group of rebels teams up to rise against an oppressive government, and they lose? This is week three of June Sickle Theater Month, and we're talking all about Les Miserables. How Star Wars! Well, hey there, Mike. Hi, Josiah. And hello, listeners. And yeah, hello, listeners. I actually just looked around the room like I was talking to them, and it was kind of <laughs> it kind of scared me a little bit. Like I freaked myself out. Uh, yeah, we welcome. are still locked in our homes. <laughs> we are. We we haven't seen anybody or gone anywhere. We're locked in. Uh, I haven't talked to another human being in weeks. But um, this is a, a podcast that we do, and we've been doing it now for a little over a year, and it's, it's called true. How Star Wars Is It? And it's and a it's review the only, show. Uh-huh. It's the only podcast. It's a comedy review show, even. Sometimes, I you would argue. You could argue that. Yeah. Could, and sometimes, I, you could even say it's a show where we have guests. <laughs> it's true. That has happened uh, occasionally. Rarely. As of late. Uh, and hopefully, will happen more in the future. Yeah, Hopefully. Uh, so see the problem with that is you have to like give at least a little bit of a shit enough to like schedule yet another person. <laughs> yeah, it's also hard because right now we can't really invite people over to our house. So right. it's like, do you have podcasting equipment at your house? Because if you do, email us. <laughs> or only if you're... you can use the Anchor app because it's a one-stop shop for everything you need to record. Wait, Mike, a we're not make... Mike, we're not in an ad right now. You don't have to. Oh, whoops. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so but we this is how Star Wars is it. <laughs> it could be movies. It could be musical theater or shows. That's it could true. be whatever. Uh, but not of how good they are, but of how Star Wars they are. So that's right. It's not about quality. It's about the quantity of Star Wars. Yeah, like if you took the title off of a movie and and you told your grandma that that was a Star Wars movie, but really it was you know you've got mail do you think she'd believe you oh my god I, we that we haven't brought that out in a while <laughs> but that was a good way to describe it back in the day yeah. um i guess <laughs> yeah well and this week we're talking so this month we're talking about musicals because uh we didn't even mention this in the last we episode didn't, you're right i had that same thought <laughs> but uh the uh, hamilton is being released on disney plus early july i think like the yes. first or like third july or something like that. third i believe and so we're sort doing of to lead a whole up to month it, leading up to that yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna do a big Hamilton episode at the end. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But and Mike and I are both like uh, musical theater performers and aficionados. Yeah, because uh, we're very good at it and very smart about it. That's right. <laughs> uh, good and so smart. Good and smart. So we're doing all musicals this month, and this week we're talking about. Uh, is it one of your faves, Mike? It's kind it, of one of my faves. It is. It's it's like funny because when you ask me what are my like top five favorites, I might not name it because I would probably be thinking of more sure contemporary things. I would probably say like Spelling Bee and Hamilton and Hedwig and maybe sure. like maybe Wicked. And then sure. I would go, oh my God, of course, Les Mis. <laughs> right. I feel like, yeah. So Les Mis is, I think similarly, if I was, I don't know if it would make my top five. I honestly don't even know if I could do a top five right now. I feel like I'd have a hard time, but it is one too, where I'm like, every time I've seen this show, I have loved it with yeah. all my being. Yeah. It's uh, insane. I, I loved, I loved the movie. I thought it had some, you know, I thought some of the performers weren't as strong, obviously, but in general, I thought it was great. Yeah, I liked it like um, for what it had to offer. Yeah, I, I thought it was a solid adaptation. Uh, you know, and like if they had cast a few different people, it probably could have been very, very good as opposed to being just like, you know, pretty solid. Um and I yeah, every time I hear the music and and see this show, I fucking love it. So I think it is up there for me. Uh, because Lame is, guys, Lame is is just very good. And the music is very good and it makes me cry. Yeah, and and I I'm gonna say, um, 
I, I suppose you could say this about any episode of our show. Um, and this is how I feel about listening to podcasts. Like, how did this get made? Like, it's a very funny group of people. But if I haven't seen the movie, I have a hard time, like, grasping onto the podcast. And I feel like this one, more than a lot of things that we've covered lately, would be just, like, tough to really follow along if you don't know Les Mis. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Because Les Mis is a giant. So, originally, it was a giant book. And yeah. And it's just so convoluted. And it covers, like, lot. generations of time. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of time skips in Les Mis. There's a lot of characters. Honestly, I think the musical does a pretty good job of condensing it down to something pretty digestible. Yes, yeah. As you will find in the game later, it still is. It still does kind of jump around a little bit. Uh, and you sometimes are like sometimes you're in a new place and new time and you're like, oh, what happens? Why are we here? What's happening? Right. Um, but we'll get into that in the game a little bit. That's just a little teaser. So my uh, notes I have for this, because I was taking them today while I was at work listening to not at work at home, but while I was working and listening to the mm -hmm. original cast album. Um, I was taking two different sections of notes. One were like pros and cons for how Star Wars it is, which is all the notes ought to have been. But then the other sure. section is just like shit that I thought of <laughs> while I was listening to it. <laughs> and my very first note on this whole thing was, and I actually, I had half a mind to just keep it blank after this. And this was my only note, but remember Susan Boyle? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I remember her. Britain's yeah, got talent. Note, I guess. That's uh, the whole note. You know, she's saying, I dreamed a dream. Um, my other one here is um, my first week on the now defunct Herald team, the uh, improv team, Gideon, RIP, um, was spent at one of the team members' houses. Uh, I, I may have, I think I had been to one rehearsal at that point, and then um, it, it just happened to be this time of year. Everyone was watching WrestleMania. Because uh, at least a couple people were wrestling fans. I had never really watched wrestling before, but boy, it is very fun in a group because it's sort of like campy and crazy and silly. Oh, yeah. And uh, we all kind of came up with wrestler names for ourselves, and mine was Gavroche. <laughs> <laughs> that that fits you very well. Um, so if, if, in your wrestling persona, would you just die kind of like tragically? Or like yeah, you would get defeated I, I, tragically? I would just be Gavroche. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I would wear his costume. I would probably sing. <laughs> you have like dirty cheeks and like uh -huh. a little newsboy cap. However, I did also one time sing on my own at a like mixed up cabaret night. Oh, nice. I love those. That's, that's something that I've done in my own auditions for musicals is uh -huh. not sing, not sing on my own, but there are several songs <laughs> for, I've actually done two. Cause I'm actually one of my, I said earlier, I couldn't name my top five. One of my favorite musicals is, is Natasha Pierre and the great T comet of 1812. Oh, I've which heard came out a couple excellent. of years ago. It's excellent. It's very strange. It's very much a sort of more operatic, less musically. It's very good though. Uh, and it should have beaten Dear Evan Hansen in literally every single right. category, but whatever that I am not going to talk about Dear Evan Hansen because that'll be the whole show for me. <laughs> um, but the I, I've sang two songs in auditions from that show that are uh, like for women and I just like transpose them into my mm -hmm. key because I think they're beautiful and I'm like, I want to yeah, sing right. them. Um, I almost which, you always know, gravitate more toward women's songs in shows. <laughs> Well, a lot of time it's because they're better is yeah, the thing, right. uh, <laughs> depending on the show, uh, you know. I, and the, the other thing is, like, I'm not. It's not like I'm going to steal any anybody's part by singing this. I'm not going to get to play. Listen, I'm not mm -hmm. going to get to play uh, 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 Natasha in Natasha Pierre the Good Count of eighteen twelve. Right. So I think it's okay if I sing uh, no one else. Occasionally, as much as I want audition. it, I'm never going to get to as play Velma Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I'm just not old enough. So yet. so I real quick. So my my yeah exactly. You'll get there. <laughs> Hey, you'll get there. My history with Les Mis, real quick, if we want to do something that we do sometimes with these kind of topics. Yeah, yeah. First time I saw it was, so like nearby my hometown, there was a, a the big city that it was Amarillo, and they would, it's not that big, but they would do a summer youth musical, and every year it was a different uh, musical, and pretty much any, sorry, any kid of a certain age in the area could come audition, and it was like, I think it was like junior high and high school i think you had to be like 11 or something to be in it anyway some some actually weirdly good theater in that area of texas because of the amount of because it was a really dry like culturally dry 
area where there wasn't a lot of good stuff. So like the good stuff sort of all coalesced in one place. Uh-huh. So the first uh, production of Les Mis I saw was a like uh, youth musical version of it that w- that had no right being as good as it was. And I was in high school, so like I bet if I went back and watched some of it, I would be like, "Oh, this is like very right. much a high school production." But mm-hmm. I remember being incredibly affected and crying a lot. Um, and then I saw it again uh, in that same town, that same city. Uh, <laughs> Al, uh, there's a theater called Amarillo Little Theater, and it is sort of the premier community theater in the area. Um, and it was the first because it is does such good productions and has such a good base because it is kind of the only place within like a four hour radius that does what it does. Uh-huh. It was the first community theater that got the rights to Les Mis once they released wow. them to community theaters. Yeah. And so I saw that production and it wasn't as good as the high school one that I saw, <laughs> at least in my memory. Um, but those are the only ones I've seen. I've never seen like a quote unquote actual professional version of it, except for, I guess, the movie, I suppose. And then I've listened to, to you know, different recordings. Um, but I f- but Les Mis is so interesting because I feel like everyone has that like, that version that they like the best, you know, where it's right. like, what what anniversary recording do you listen to? Well, and or hey, like, that's kind of Star Wars. That's true. Um, I, I just to jump on what you were just doing, your sort of intro. Mine was weirdly Allie. My sister was in the uh, pit for the high oh, school yeah. uh, production of it at the high school I went to, obviously as well. Um, and we just went to we were we went to a huge high school, and they just have a lot of money. And so the production was just out of this world, incredible. Um, and then the only other time I've seen the show was the tour that came through Chicago. It was like the, I don't know, the, the 2014 or 15 mm. revival, whenever it was revived recently. Right, right. Um, and it was just, you know, breathtaking. Oh, I, the, I can imagine. At the Cadillac Theater or wherever it was downtown. I would love to see a like full professional version of this show because I feel like every that's the thing is this show is devastating. It makes me cry. The movie made me cry. It was funny when we went to see the movie like uh, one Christmas, like when it came out. Like my dad had never seen it uh, before, and like uh, he he always feels very betrayed when sad things happen in movies, and we don't warn him it's going to be sad. And he's like, "You guys didn't tell me that like everybody dies," and we were like, "Dad, it's called." Les Mis. It's <laughs> like, did you not know this was a like basically a tragedy in a lot of ways? And he was like, right. "No, you should have warned me." <laughs> um, I have a couple of things in my just sort of random notes thing, and then uh, we should maybe get into comparing it to Star Wars. Yes, we should. Um, so I think it's so funny how just sort of offhandedly and sneakily. Javert, during fuging with Jean Valjean in the confrontation song, says that he was born inside a jail. <laughs> it's just so thrown away that if like you're not paying attention, you'd miss it, and it's kind of like important to know about him. <laughs> it's a real like uh, Bane and Batman. Like I yes. was, you know, <laughs> y- you adopted the dark kind of thing. Um, next one is why in Castle on a Cloud does Cosette rhyme toys with boys and girls and not just girls and boys? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I have it's another question right for you. There. <laughs> uh, why is Castle on a Cloud in the show? In the show, yeah. Right. <laughs> also, why is Cosette in the show? She's I, I, she's the most boring. I... <laughs> anyway, keep going. Um, I'll save this one for last because that'll be this will be a pretty big take. Um, the next one is just damn. Act two is just hit, 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 hit. Oh after yeah, hit, act two. Hit. What? When I was going through a plot synopsis earlier, I was like, okay, act one, act one, act one, and then I got to act two, and I was like, holy shit, things like first off, things happen super quick in act two, yeah. and second off, like every song fucking rules. It's just like, like dominoes, and there's like four, three or four like huge songs, and then all of a sudden it's one day more, and it's like, well, shit. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it yeah, it's absolutely the domino effect of all of a sudden, all of a sudden, one domino line uh, is now seventy, and you're like, what happened? I I missed it. Where did it go? <laughs> It's yeah. so good. It's so good. Um, and then, okay, so this note is kind of a longer one, and then I'll say my hot take. Um, this <laughs> okay. is, like, kind of embarrassing to say out loud, but have you ever pictured, like, your life being a Judd Apatow-style movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. So, okay, you know how they all basically start with, like, you see that person's, like, day and what makes them kind of the person they are, you know? Like, mm-hmm. maybe they uh, only have half-open bags of Cheez-Its in their fridge, or you know what I mean? <laughs> like, whatever. Um 
And so, like, I, for whatever reason, one day this, like, visual hit me, and I have, like, held on to it ever since because I, like, want to use it in something if, if, you know, I were to ever have a movie based on my own life. <laughs> yes. Which, by the way, I hope those go away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, this new Pete Davidson movie that's coming out, I'm like, no, we're done with these. <laughs> no, Pete. We don't want, um, it looks so, sad. In that uh, opening montage of you find out what my life is like and, oh, what's this character like? Um, I'm brushing my teeth. It's, it's like a montage. So there's all sorts of like getting ready for work types of sure. activities going on. But the one that's important for this is um, I'm, uh, I'm brushing my teeth in the morning and I'm like humming because like my mouth is full of toothpaste and a toothbrush. Yeah. And then I uh-huh. spit and then I just like look at myself in the mirror really like solemn and I just go phantom faces at the window. <laughs> and then I like take that rest and then I put my toothbrush back in my mouth and then I'm like like brushing my teeth and going like <laughs> and then that's the whole shot of the montage. Yeah. I, Mike, and then I think it goes we... on to me, you know, putting my shoes on or whatever. I think we've had this conversation before. Not this, no, no, not, not, no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not this conversation specifically, but we've had a conversation that reminds me of that because mm-hmm. at one point I think I was talking to you about how I want you to do a one-man show that's just you doing all of Les Mis. Like, oh, that's right, because I, I, so I can't remember what made me think of that, but I, I, I God, you're reminding me of this. I, I have yes. it, like, started in Google Docs of, like, doing like buying rights or whatever and cutting it down to like an hour and maybe having an intermission or maybe, you know, yes. maybe 80 minutes or whatever and doing all of Les Mis. And it's just you doing just everything. That's yeah. right. Shit. I forgot about that. I, maybe I, I desperately work on that. I, I would lo- I want you to, cause I desperately want to watch that. And I also desperately, cause like you're a good singer and I also want to hear you sing the songs. And I also just really <laughs> want to like, I, my, in my, in my mind's eye, it's you doing it just like, incredibly straight and like yes. treating it with a lot of like all that's, the respect and gravitas it deserves right. <laughs> but because it's just you on stage it's very funny it's because loony. you're doing yeah. all of it you know that's i think i think that's maybe why i shied away from like continuing to work on that idea because i was really hell-bent on that for a while and then i had the thought of like okay that's funny like doing it so straight but of course like i'm changing wigs and hats and shit the whole time um, in my head, uh, there was like a, a rack with a bunch of coats yeah. and wigs on it. And then halfway through the show, I turn it around dramatically like the barricade. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I thought about like, that's funny, like doing that straight, even though it's so stupid, but like it has a ceiling and I feel like 30 <laughs> minutes in and people will be like, Jesus Christ, he's still just like doing the play. <laughs> yeah, it would have, I think, yeah, you're right. There would be, it, it either would be funny for 30 minutes and then stop being funny and then maybe be really funny again, or yeah. it would be really funny and they'd be like, is he just like still doing this? Yeah. It, does he think he's very good at Les Mis? Is that what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> Okay, what's yeah, your hot there's, take there's though? What's too your hot many take? Ways that it could be interpreted as like this guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, this guy really thinks he's doing high art. Is yeah. that what he thinks he's doing? <laughs> maybe it could be. Maybe maybe to fix that, it could be uh, lay, Mike Gospel doing Lame as a one man show. In parentheses, don't worry, it's a joke. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then in the thirty minute mark, they'll be like, okay, it's he's doing. It's still a joke, guys. Don't worry. The reason that that like that I had that idea, if I remember correctly, is that I wanted to do a you know like be kind rewind like lo-fi no no spectacle no um tricks just analog version one person singing on uh, uh one day more so oh, like yeah, yeah, just yeah. having to jump between parts and like obviously there wouldn't be any harmonies because like i'm doing it all live <laughs> not with like a looper or like you know yeah, not like, with. Could that be yeah. a whole show? And then I was like, it could. And I was like, no, it couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I um, think it could. And I have a thousand dollars. Here's my like hot take. When I went and saw it here in Chicago, I completely came around on something, and now I'm a complete stan. I okay. like in my life and a heart full of love. I also like in my life. Yay. I kind of don't know how I feel about a heart full of love because I haven't listened to it all in a while, but I do like in my life. I think mm-hmm. it is good. Here's the thing is I am a uh, defender of most of, here's the thing. I like to joke about how cassette is boring and stuff. Right. Um, 
but I, I'm not going to like talk shit about her or the character, or any of the songs. Cause I, I do think most of the stuff, uh, 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 fits, um, and including wait, she sings in my life. Am I crazy? Uh, Who sings yeah, in my life? They, they, she does, and then there's that whole kind of like love triangle scene where yes. uh, Marius is looking at her through the window, but then Eponine is like behind Marius, and like it was the staging of that, honestly, in in the version that I saw that I was like, oh, I'm into this now. <laughs> yeah, I, that was one thing about the movie that did what the movie did for me is that before I very much didn't like Cassette and thought she was just very one note, and then something about the way the movie portrayed the sort of like parental relationship that Valjean has with Cassette made me like yeah. her as a character. And I think it was just because in the versions I'd seen, that relationship was missing. Um, and then when I saw the relationship, I was like, oh, I get it. This is important now. Uh, You're able this- in movies to like really paint the picture a little better. You know, like I, I'm just like not... I, I don't pay a lot of attention or I'm not... I'm just not good at it, I guess. <laughs> and... um which is why I, you know, I can follow movies because, like, if it takes place in a diner, you see the surroundings are a diner. Well, <laughs> and, and it's like, harder having on stage. seen the movie and then seen the tour. I was like, I know the story and where all these places are, even though it's yeah. all still the same stage. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's harder on stage, especially if you're coming at it like blind. Like that's right. why and we'll talk. We'll probably talk about it in the Hamilton episode. I told people I was like, hey, if you want to go see Hamilton, I would listen to it first because oh, I think that it's way- crazy when people haven't listened to it. <laughs> Yeah, especially because Hamilton has so many words. Like, for musicals that don't have so many lyrics, I'm like, sure, go see it, whatever. But Hamilton, like, happens fast, and the words are fast. And, like, for Les Mis, there's a lot going on plot-wise. So, like, if you want to look it up beforehand and read about it, do it. Like, that's one thing I like about... one thing I think is funny and clever about Natasha Pierre, the Great Comet of 1812, which I will heretofore refer to it just as Great Comet, because that's it's that's it's a, like people call it, is the first song is a breakdown of who the characters are, and the <laughs> chorus is uh 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 like what is it uh you uh you are at the opera you're gonna have to study up a little bit if you want to follow with along with the plot. It's basically <laughs> telling people to like read your program. Like the that's whole first so number funny. is. Read the program. Here's the characters. Here's all their things. And they go through it all like several times so you can know who people's names are. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, now you can go. <laughs> now you're ready for the show. <laughs> and I think like people who come into things blind sometimes are at a disadvantage, especially in the theater, because in the theater, if it's on a big stage, like you might not. The actor might be doing it, but yeah. if you're up in the if you're up on the balcony, you might not catch that parental totally. uh, relationship that Valjean and Cosette have because it's maybe a little more subtle and like right. that's the benefit and drawback of being in the theater is like it has to be bigger, you know. Totally. Um, what was I gonna say? Fuck, I forgot. Anyway, I have a couple. Were there other notes? Pros cons. Hit me, baby. Want to get me. into how Star Wars this thing is. Yeah. Um, okay, so the first one, and in fact, Allie pointed this out for me. Again, that's my sister. Go listen to the VeggieTales episode. It's a classic. Um, uh, she just said, the stars. Oh, shit, dude. There's <laughs> a song about song. them. <laughs> yes. So there are stars, and there is war. Absolutely. Holy shit, you're right. Um, here's a thought I had today. This entire show, it, it may or may not be Star Wars as a whole, but it is sort of episode one. Like, obviously, the main character is Jean Valjean, mm. but there's, like, five other stories going on. That's true. It's and it, juggling. And it, like, moves around as to who it focuses on. And then I, and then I thought more about it, and I, I followed that thread through it. I was like, okay, Jean Valjean is Qui-Gon, because he's the main character of episode one. That is just the facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he also dies at the end. Uh, and he saves a young man to fight another day, be that yeah. Anakin, who could be Gavroche, or Obi-Wan, who could be Marius, either way, or maybe uh-huh. Anakin's Marius. And then, of course, in the sequel, Marius becomes a Sith Lord because Cosette dies in childbirth. <laughs> right. There is absolutely an episode two of Les Mis somewhere where Marius <laughs> is like the main character now, and he's sort of like uh, Valjean light a little bit. Like he's. Right doing his own thing but he like is very much sort of uh, aspiring to be that person should we should we write lame is too i think we should i think there's a, <laughs> here's the thing here's the thing love that's never fun. dies equivalent yes 
Here's the thing that's fun about Les Mis is a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, it's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, 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 Les Mis, French Revolution. But, like, it's not because it's this weird thing yeah, that happened like right before it. revolution. Yeah, it was the student revolution that was a smaller thing that happened right before. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm saying. Les Mis 2, let's go all in. It's French Revolution. Marius is beheading people. It's very, <laughs> it's very gory. We up, we up the violence to like a hundred. Uh, uh-huh. And he does turn evil and he becomes the king of France. Uh, it's a complete tone shift. Altogether. Yeah, an entire tone shift. Also, let's it bring goes Ep- from the miserables to like the deplorables. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. It, it, we, we go deplorable. <laughs> Can I also pitch Le expendables? And it's just like very, <laughs> very violent. And like we bring in <laughs> Sylvester Stallone to play Marius, and it's just like yes. upsetting. Yeah. Also, Jason Statham. I want, uh, in the sequel, can Eponine be back and we don't explain it, a la Star Wars, where it's just like, somehow she's somehow back. Somehow Eponine has returned. Because <laughs> I like Eponine more than Kazette, and I want to, like, milk that love triangle even more. And um, Eponine anyway, and that's what I want. could, like, be rhymes-ish. They could be rhymes-ish. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty close to the idea of rhyming. <laughs> Eponine Palpatine. Um, okay, so some pros that I have uh, as we're going through notes uh-huh. is like, yes, this we, we talk about bops, we talk about music. A lot of these musicals we're covering have really good songs. Um, oh, Pippin. Yeah, that's your favorite, that right? That would also be in my top. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I know you like that one. I love Pippin. Um, the, but yes, Les Mis has very good music. Uh, a con, yeah, though, like bangers. we talked about, is that Les Mis is a musical and there's not an explicitly musical Star Wars. That's true, but more so than the ones that we've looked at up until now in this month, Les Mis is more operatic in terms of, like, you hear the same themes over and over, and that is more Star Wars than, it's say, true. Rent. It is an opera, um, although, and, and Les Mis is more operatic in that, like, there's not very much... If is there any spoken there's like dialogue? There's four songs in Les Mis. <laughs> yeah, there's just like it's all one big song. I don't even know. Is there spoken? I right. can't remember how much spoken dialogue there is, but uh, there's not many. I think there might be much. some, like about the general who dies. Sure. You know, but it, it's um, very much that sort of recitative into aria, which now we're getting really in the weeds of yeah. musical theater and like opera stuff. So I'm sorry to our listeners who aren't into this kind of thing. Right. Uh, but man, if you are or if you know someone who is. Definitely, like, turn them on yeah. to the show. Maybe <laughs> this will be the one that they're like, hey, these guys at least know, like, five things. They know five <laughs> different words about, mu- about music, and they've said <laughs> them, and so they're, 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 they're knowledgeable enough. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, there are themes that come back a lot. Like, it has, you're right, there's, like, four songs, and they're all good, and they're like, let's just remix these over and over again, which yeah, is so pretty good. much what Star Wars does. Yeah, exactly. With, with, it, with its music, and also with its themes, literally its themes. Yeah. It's light motifs. Uh-huh. Um, I wrote love triangle question mark. I, we up until learning that Leia is Luke's sister, you know, and by we I mean those who were watching the movies in 1980, um, you know, were under the impression that it was sort of a love triangle with Luke and Han. Right. Um, at least a little bit. Um, I wrote rowdy rebels. But then they totally get stomped and like good and and hope does not prevail. <laughs> yes. Um. So that's more of a con, I'd say, or it's like a it's like a wash. Um, well, you know what? That's a, kind of Last Jedi ish. Yeah. That's true. That's that's a good point. No one comes to their aid. You have no friends. Give up your guns or die. Here's one that uh is definitely a con. There is an entire ensemble of folks in this show in the program credited as. yeah there's a lot of and as we know star wars is completely sexless it's true and and the major themes of les mis are like classism oppression like uh showing kindness and empathy towards people who are not of your like class right um which those you know star wars is much more binary of there's good and there's bad and the whole like the possibility of like there are people living in bad conditions versus good conditions is is distilled down to like the bad guys have a lot of power and the good guys don't and the only times they dip into like the whole idea that maybe something like there's other injustices in, in this universe are in like the last jedi and then people hated it cuz they suck so like right. it's the the themes of Les Mis I think are more complex and based in real world 
yes. issues, you know? Like even um, here's another con, I think. Tell me. And and chime in if you have a better answer, but I don't think there are any Tenardiers in Star Wars. Hmm. And I'm defining that as um, Jar Jar Binks, like an asshole, like oh, a greedy asshole who's funny and interesting and. Fun. I was going to say, like, if we're if we're going comic relief, like I can think of some, but I can't think of someone that's also comic relief, but because they're a bad person. Yeah, in fact, know? I had a hard time coming up with any anywhere, and the ones that came to mind were Mrs. Lovett and Signor Pirelli in Sweeney Todd because they're played by the same actors who play the Tenardiers in the, movies. In the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're in the same costumes, basically. You know, that's funny that you said, though, about comic relief. When I was talking with, this, with, with Allie today about this, she was saying that um, they're only funny in this because it's a long musical. It's a musical and it is long. Um, and they have, you know, funny songs. Um, but I guess in the Liam Neeson movie, which is, is more, it's, it's not a musical. It's more based on the Victor Hugo book, Les Mis. They're like horrible, I guess. And then I thought, wait a second, Liam Neeson, <gasps> Liam Neeson's Jean Valjean. Oh, we shit. just made the point. We just that- did that. He's Jean Valjean in episode one of Phantom Menace. And that's, <laughs> hey, that's good casting, honestly. And we're smart, is, yeah. and you're smart for realizing it. Yeah, here's the thing. The Tenardiers are absolutely horrible, horrible people that if they weren't being played by comic actors in every right. version of it, and if they weren't being given funny songs that are clever, um, that are sort of the break of, hey, there's intense stuff going on, and now we're going to sing a song that's like very goofy about cheating people out of their money yeah right and so like that's the only because that's if you look at the things they do and say they are not good people and like no, right i am absolutely all about the like you know fuck the man like you know take 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 the redistribute the wealth and everything but the Tenardiers are like bad to the point of like they're just gonna rob from whoever like they don't give a shit they're not and and the person who came to mind was uncar plut sure sure but he's not like like I don't like him. Well, yeah, I think there's people. I think there's people in Star Wars that like the makers intended to kind of be that way. Like what's coming to mind is like Watto. It feels like maybe they wanted Watto to be that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, master of the house, master of the house. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing about Star Wars is like if there's somebody, there aren't a lot of people that exist in a gray area of they're bad, but like. Yeah, I guess that's like what it, you, you know, the other one who came to mind, which this isn't as good of an example because it's not from movies, but Hondo, Hondo Onaka from the animated series is, uh-huh, uh-huh. if you know them at all, he's, he's just sort of like a swindler and a pirate, but like he's always kind of charming. Yeah, um, I, but yeah, no, I, Star Wars doesn't really have the truly shitty person who's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of many either. I wish I was more familiar with the animated stuff. Like, I, I don't think Jabba is all that funny. I think Jabba's pretty horrible. No, he's, and he's not very lovable. He's just gross. And like the Tenardiers yeah. are, are gross, but like you're excited for them to come back on stage because they're funny. And they, right. you know, they're going to make you laugh. And like Lando like sells out his friends, but like not because he's like a shitty mean guy, just because he's sort of like a coward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, there was something I, I was... Keep going, because there was something I was going to say, and I kind of forgot. Um, that was all I had for that, but I did find out that the woman who plays Madame Tenardier in the original cast, her name is Jennifer Butt. <laughs> That's a great last name, and a good thing to find <laughs> out. Um, yeah, the other kind of things I was thinking about of, like, characters is that I think Les Mis has less of, like, sort of blank slate archetypes, and yeah. the characters are, I mean, you could maybe argue that they're archetypes, but like they are less, I feel like I'm less able to slot them into, I don't know, like your, your sort of Star Wars trio, you know, like, I don't know right. who would fit in where, but once again, because this is a multi-generational story spanning several decades, it's hard to figure yeah. out who would be I'd Luke. say Javert is a pretty good Darth Vader because you learn more about him and that he's more complicated than just like the antagonist. Yes, yes. Oh, I think um, that's what I was going to that's and what I was going to talk about. Marius is a good blank slate type. That's what I was going to talk about because the uh once again like going back to sort of the idea of, like the themes are a little more like murky or like like more real world, mm-hmm. less black and white is that yes, you have a bad guy sort of in a good guy in Javert and Valjean, but like Javert, you are very much led to kind of 
sympathize with him because mm-hmm. he is like from everything you hear from him talking about, you're like, this guy believes what he's saying and he's not doing it out of malice or like ill intent. He just thinks that what he's doing is right. And like what God wants, um, yeah. which is like not always a good reason to do things, obviously, but I feel like the way that Javert is portrayed most of the time when he's done very successfully, the audience is led to be like, I don't necessarily hate this guy. I don't like him because obviously I am pro Valjean because Valjean really didn't do anything wrong in the first place. Right. But Javert's still a mouthful of bread. Yeah. But Javert's motivations are more complex than just like, I'm going to destroy you because I am evil. Right. Right. It's like his duty. Yes. And it's a strange, it's strangely compelling. I also think that like the female characters in this maybe are a little more interesting and have a little more going on. They definitely are both just defined by the relationship with Marius, like Eponine and Cassette are both kind of like, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I guess Fontaine might have a little more complexity at the beginning. That's the other thing. That's, yeah. That's the other thing that's so interesting about this movie is that like, uh, or this like, you know, story in general is that like you kind of start out and you're like, all right, cool. We got Valjean. We got Fontaine. Here's our main characters. And it's like, okay, yeah. Fontaine's dead. All right. I guess yeah, it's still they Valjean. They tell her entire story so quick. It, it's almost like, um, Rose Tico's sister. Now I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think is her name. Like they give us her like whole. We never really hear much from her, but like we have this whole little mini story at the beginning, and then she dies, and then we like sort of learn more about her after the fact. Yeah, and we're sort of given to her uh, family to sort of tell us the rest of it, and now we're following her family. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird like bait and switch. Not not on purpose, but you like kind of think it's gonna be one thing, and then you're like, oh, this is not the story I thought it was going to be. Yeah, wait, maybe this movie or this this show is Last Jedi. That's what I was. That's what I was kind of thinking. Because I was like, the idea that if like it's the rebels somehow both Empire Strikes Back and or no, excuse me, if it's somehow both uh, Phantom Menace and Last Jedi, maybe this thing is pretty Star. It Wars. might be pretty Star Wars because the the fact that like the rebels are like defeated, you know, and like lose yeah. is very Last Jedi because they don't come out of Last Jedi in a good place, and at the end of Les Mis. Personally, some people are in okay places, but almost everybody has died. Right. Especially but it does have this sort of like spark of rebellion, you know, like they attribute that student revolt to having had something to do with the French Revolution. Right. You know, like. Yeah. Phantom Menace. This feels like it's actually maybe a better case for it being Star Wars in the weirdest way on this show. Like usually it's like a pretty straightforward way that it's like, oh, this is well, this type of character and this type of story. And it's. Like, it's hitting beats of specific Star Wars shit, yeah, <laughs> but, well, like, not, like, all of it. And Phantom Menace was a 9, and Last Jedi is an 8, so, like, both of yeah. those are high. And the thing is, is, like, yeah. Star Wars is a space opera, and when it's done well, it's hitting that that sort those sort of operatic themes and ideas of, like, big sweeping shit. And Les yeah. Mis is an opera that does the big swinging, sweeping shit very well. So, like, maybe, yeah. it's, maybe that's why. Yeah, right, it's, like... <laughs> Every number is like a 10. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they really go for it on every single song. Well, now that we've sort of hmm. come to this interesting conclusion, should we jump into the pit and then come back for yeah, a game? Because I only have like one more pro on my list. So right. yeah, let's do it. All right, let's jump in the pit. Wee. Wee. And we're masters of the house. <laughs> okay, I have the game this week. Great. And it is in the tradition, I guess now it's a tradition, because this will be the third time we've done something like this. But Mike, <laughs> I've got a little Les Mis Choose Your Own Adventure for you. Because oh. <laughs> yes. I, was trying, to, I, I, I uh, was trying to think of puns uh, and anything that would inspire me to make a dumb game. And all I could think of was just like the story of Les Mis. So I decided that I would let you sort of choose your own way through the story of Les Mis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're kind of taking on the you're kind of taking on the main role here. You're Valjean, all right? Okay. But you're you, but you're Valjean, okay? Sure. So to start out, you're a French Is it now? No, it is in the time of Les Mis. Okay. <laughs> all right, you're a French peasant, okay? So you and your family are starving. Do you steal bread or die of starvation? <laughs> Well, I suppose I steal bread. That was the right choice. The other one, you would have died. All right. <laughs> so you decide to steal some bread. The story would have been over. <laughs> it would have been a very short story. Okay, you steal some bread. Oh, shoot. You're a criminal. Stealing someone's bread is worse than letting people die in this society 
Or is it? What are the ethics of this world? We don't know yet. Now you have to go to jail. Okay, you're in jail for five fucking years for stealing bread. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve this. I'm reading word for word what I typed, so some of it might be a little stream of consciousness. All right, so here's your options here. Can, can my uh, prisoner number be 60660, my zip code? <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to let you, I was going to make it uh, uh, 560 or 58008 because that's boobs but backwards. Oh, but, that's uh, better. <laughs> uh, but here's your options here. Do one. you try to escape or just wait out the five years in prison? Um, I think I try to escape. Okay, good. Because if you had waited out the five years, you would have just also died because you would have died of consumption in prison. Um, I was letting you know some of your options here. Okay. So you try to escape. You're caught. You stupid motherfucker. You think you can escape <laughs> the, this, this systemic oppression. You can't. Mm -hmm. Now you have to be in jail for 19 years total. Way to go. Do you sing a song about looking down or just serve your sentence in silence? I gotta sing. Oh, you gotta sing, baby. Singing with your fellow <laughs> prisoners gives you a bond that pulls you th through the experience of prison. You finish your sentence, and you're pretty much a middle-aged man at this point. You are uh -huh. ripped as hell, though. Uh, I'm a stronger man by far. You are you're literally, literally and figuratively stronger. Javert, the prison guard, gives you a little piece of paper that says you're a felon, so you can't get a job, but... When you leave, a nice bishop takes you in. Do you hmm. appreciate his generosity or steal from him? Um, I'm going to divert from the path here and appreciate his generosity. All right. Well, you appreciate his generosity and you stay the night. The next morning, you ask the bishop if he needs any help around the church. He hires you on for some odd jobs. You become a man of the cloth. Everything that happened was leading you here. It all makes sense now. Now, sorry. I can't talk. It all makes sense now. But then one day, you get a nasty infection on a cut from when you were gardening. You could use basic medicine of the time to fix it, but you've become so entrenched in your faith that you reason that it was the Lord's will that you die. So you die. Too soon. So, sorry, that was the wrong choice. Bummer. Do you want to steal from him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. So if you steal from him, you steal from him, you run away with some silver stuff. The cops catch you. They take you back to the bishop, but surprise, he says he actually gave them to you and it gives you even more silver. Wow. He blesses you and he says to use that silver to become a good man. Do you sing about becoming a thief in the night, a dog on the run, <laughs> or do you take this lucky break, pawn the silver and become rich overnight? Hmm. I think I, I need you... to become rich overnight. I'm tired of Okay, singing. sure. Okay, well, uh, if you take this lucky break, pawn this over, become rich overnight, you go on a drunken bender and you start having sex for the first time in 19 years with a bunch of French prostitutes and you catch syphilis and you die. I'm so sorry. Bummer. I'm, I know, I'm so sorry. Do you want to sing instead? Yeah, I, I should have known. <laughs> yeah, you should have known. Okay, you decide to no longer be 58008 and be <laughs> uh, Jean Valjean again. You give yourself a new lease on life. Congrats. What do you want to become? The mayor, <laughs> a bishop, or a factory owner? Oh, hmm. I, you I, have three choices. I think I want to become Monsieur Le Maire. Okay. The mayor of what? France? Don't be ridiculous. France has no mayors. And besides, <laughs> politicians in France are going to have a hard time soon. Pretty much all rich people will. Maybe go something a little more working class, but still well enough off that you can help others and yourself. Uh, okay. Uh, factory owner? Yeah, great. Good job. You did it. So eight years pass. <laughs> you're a factory owner now. <laughs> uh, and eight years pass. And you're just a factory owner. How? I don't know. The musical doesn't tell us. So you pass by this bald chick who used to work in your factory who's now a prostitute. <laughs> And she's getting arrested. And the guy arresting her is Javert, the dude who was your prison guard. She's obviously sick and didn't do anything wrong. You feel guilty. Do you tell Javert to let her go or just walk along, go along your way? Um, I feel like if I told him to let her go, he would spot me. So I'm going to just walk away. <laughs> All right. So you go along your way. It was your fault, dude. How could you let this happen? The system failed her just like it failed you. You could have been kind like the bishop was to you. The guilt eats away at you, and you jump into some French river to kill yourself, and you died. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry. So, <laughs> do you want to go back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, you'll find that her. you might die of guilt a lot in this story. So, okay, you <laughs> tell Javert to let her go. Great. So, you take her to a hospital. Some dude gets caught under a cart. 
but you are ripped as hell. You can pick right. that card up no problem. But Javert is right there. Part. He's right there. So do you pick the card up or do nothing because of Javert? I'm going to pick the card up because I feel like if I don't, I'll die of guilt. <laughs> yeah, hey, you're correct. <laughs> so you pick the card up. Damn, dude, a whole cart all by yourself? Yeah, Make sure you jacked. lift those legs. Yes, you are. Javert when I suspects- do that, does the cart guy go, my cabbages? <laughs> yeah, he absolutely does. I've been watching Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Javert, Javert suspects you're 58008 because he has never seen anyone else strong enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But some dude who looks like you has been captured uh, for your crimes. So I guess you're, uh, I guess the crime is that you broke your parole. Whatever, who cares? So do you confess that it's you in court or let this be your way out? Um, I let it be my way out. All right, well... I die of guilt? Hey, man, how could you let this happen? The system has failed this guy just like it failed you. You could have been kind, like the bishop was to you. The guilt eats away at you, and you jump into some French river to kill yourself. (laughs) Does it at least make a big crunch sound? Yeah, it does. It does make a big crunch sound. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah, go back and I... All right, we'll confess. We'll confess. confess. All right, damn, dude, you sometimes do not have your own best self-interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prostitute you took to the hospital asks you to find her daughter, Cassette, and take care of her. You, of course, agree. Javert comes to take you in, since you confessed. Do you confrontation him? I mean, confront him. Or <laughs> go with him and break your promise. I confrontation him. Good. All right, you do the confrontation, word for word. And then I, I've written here, pause so that Mike can do the confrontation you word know, for word. You know, I wish I could. I, I know a bunch of it, but, like, I don't know any of the Javert part, basically. Well, give us just a taste Wait, of some however, of the Valjean. The, there was a video, I'll have to find this, and we can of, maybe post it, of, like, two little boys doing it. Have you seen that? Oh, no! It is so funny. Let me see if I can find it, and I'll, I'll send it to you so you can see it. But um, in the Amazing. meantime, we'll keep going. Okay, so you ask Javert to let you find Cassette before he takes you in. He doesn't agree. You kick his ass, though, because you're the strongest <laughs> motherfucker in France. I'm a and stronger sk- man by far. <laughs> and you skedaddle. You find Cassette somehow. She's drawing water. She works for Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bottom Carter. <laughs> they suck. They swindle you out of more money to adopt Cassette. But you did it. You have a child now. Do you become her father and make her dull and boring or become her father but let her out into the world so she's interesting? Uh, the first one. Become her father, yeah. make her dull and boring. Okay, good work. Now she's boring, but she's safe, and so are you. Nine years pass. <laughs> There's a student revolution going on. You're not really involved in a lot of the action anymore, okay? No. <laughs> so you go somewhere, and Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bonham Carter are there for some reason, and they try to swindle you guys again, but they realize who you are. One of the students meets Cassette. His name's Marius. They fall in love. Mm-hmm. Javert comes and breaks up the swindling, and you guys escape, but he finds out who you are because of the Tenardiers. I mean, because of Sasha Baron Cohen and Helen Bonham Carter. Uh-huh. And he sings to the stars, but you don't know that because you're not there. Okay, mm-hmm. so Cassette confronts you about the secrets. <laughs> Cassette confronts you about the secrets you keep about y'all's past. Do you tell her the truth or not yet? Don't tell her the truth yet. Um, I think I don't tell her the truth yet. Okay, she can't know the truth yet. Oh, shoot, she's screaming about an intruder. It must be Javert. Do you tell her it's time to go on the run, or do you go see who the intruder is? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. I think we go on the run? (laughs) Yes, you do. You go on the run. You got to keep you and Cassette safe for just one more day. Uh And your only option here is to sing one day more. <laughs> so you sing a song, but it feels like it should maybe be part of a bigger song. Like maybe there's other parts that make it all sound really good together. Uh, uh-huh. Who knows? Okay, so there's an act break. Uh, One day now more. you intercept another day, a... another destiny. <laughs> you intercept a letter about Marius and Cassette's romance. Do you do nothing and keep you and Cassette safe, or disguise yourself as a soldier and go to the front lines to protect her boy? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I go and be a soldier. Yeah, you do. Uh, the self. Once again, you do not have your own self-interest very much in mind. Mm-hmm. So you help out, and the students accept you after you save Marius from getting shot. Shot. I'm realizing now you are that the I fucking... said early on, like if you don't know the story, this might not be the episode for you. But if you've listened this far, you're getting the story. <laughs> 
I know. When you were saying that, I was like, hey, I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis, <laughs> at least about Valjean. Uh, oh, shit. They captured Javert because he was trying to infiltrate the students. You ask to do the honors of executing him. Mm-hmm. Do you execute him or show mercy? Yeah, I turn him loose, but I'm going to guess that it drives him nuts. Okay, honestly, you could have killed him and we would have all still been on your side. You've done more than enough good in your life to make up for this. If he dies, you don't have to run anymore. But okay, you don't. I guess that's good. I don't know. If Batman would kill the Joker, a lot of people would be saved, you know? That's true. Oh, well, good for you. Oh, by the way, your act of mercy causes him to kill himself. So you basically murdered him anyway. How does it feel? Um... (laughs) Okay, there's a battle. Everyone dies but you and Marius. He's really injured. Do you sing a really pretty song about it or just leave him? I definitely have to sing a really pretty song because it goes up into the highest of high registers. It's so good. All right, you bring him home. Uh, You bring him home for the sewers. You fall unconscious because of your uh, injuries and tiredness and uh, tiredness? Wow, of your fatigue. And you wake up to Sasha Baron Cohen stealing some shit. Uh, you make him go away, then you get Marius further through the sewers, and Javert finds you and stops you again. Oh, yeah, he hasn't killed himself yet, okay? Oh, so, what? <laughs> yeah, do you ask for time to get Marius to the hospital, or do you turn yourself in? Oh, boy. Uh, I think I probably asked for time to get Marius to the hospital. All right, he lets you. He agrees. Javert agrees. And then he commits suicide. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he finally does. All right, so Marius lives. There he is can- no way to go <laughs> <laughs> he and Cassette get together, Marius and Cassette. He doesn't know you saved him. They're going to get married. You decide you should leave so that they'll be safe since you're an escaped convict, which you tell Marius. He says it's cool and also that he won't tell Cassette, which is once again weird because mostly you've been a really good person and you only did one crime your entire life. Um, <laughs> some stuff happens that you don't know about, but basically Marius finds out you saved him from Sasha Baron Cohen and Hel- Helena Bottom Carter and he and Cassette come see you. Oh, yeah. By the way, where are you? Are you in a convent waiting to die? Or are you in another country or somewhere where no one knows who you are so you wouldn't be chased by the police and you can actually live out your life in joy and peace? I think probably if if this game has taught me anything, it's the story of the show, so I think I'm in a convent waiting to die. <laughs> well, that's good, because if you had gone to another country, you'd have found out that you're allergic to any air that isn't French air and you would have died immediately. <laughs> so you're in a convent waiting to die. Apparently you have nothing left to live for, which seems grim. But anyway... Fontaine's ghost is there near the end of your life. You're pretty old and you've lived a really hard, uh, uh, lived a hard life. You're going to die soon. She says you're, you've forgiven of everything and you'll go to heaven. Nice. Marius <laughs> and Cassette show up. You're so happy to see her again before you die. Do you give her a letter telling her the truth or say Rosebud and die? <laughs> uh, if I give her the letter, can I still drop a snow globe on the floor? Um, I don't have that as an option, but I'll let you write it in if you want. Okay, I'm going to give her the letter and then a snow globe falls out of my pocket. <laughs> okay, good. You do. You give her the letter, a snowball, a snow globe falls out of your pocket. You're at peace. <laughs> She's at peace. Everyone's at peace. Your ghosts sing a beautiful finale and it's great. Way to go. You're in heaven now. God is there and he says you he probably would have gone you probably would have gone to heaven anyway because stealing bread to help someone who's starving really isn't a big deal. It's very low on his priority list. So way to go. And that's <laughs> and that's the end of Lame is the choose your own adventure. <laughs> wow. That was really something. Yeah, you made a you made a lot of the canon choices uh which uh you didn't die very much. So good job. Yeah. Also writing that made me realize that like there's a lot of action of this show that Valjean is not a part of. Yeah, that's true. Like, like the whole student revolution thing is very much he's not there until like the very end, whenever like Marius gets shot and stuff. In fact, that brings me to my last pro of how this is Star Wars: Darth Vader, Kylo Ren, Count Dooku, the Emperor, and especially Darth Maul. Their whole main colors are red, the color of desire, and black, the color of despair. Oh, shit, dude. That's true. They all wear black, and all their lightsabers are red. One time I saw a meme after the movie came out, and it was like, uh, uh, black, the color, and but instead of the color of despair, it was uh, Eddie Redmayne saying the color of despair, and it was like a picture <laughs> of, of a bear that was black, and it was very funny to me. And that's the that end of that. Funny. That's just a meme. This is my explaining memes segment. <laughs> <laughs> where I talk about a visual thing that I saw eight years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, Red and Black is very 
Star Wars. Mm. Um, you know, I the think... movie, which you can kind of take this or leave it, depending on if you, you know, like some people didn't like it. I, I'm sort of indifferent to it, but the, the thing that I think Les Mis has going for it is it is so giant and dramatic, so the movie kind of was a little bit of a letdown. They did that kind of never-before-done thing where they sing live. Yeah. As opposed to lip-sync to a big track. Um which, regardless of how good it is, it's it. If you like it, it might be you know compared to, uh, the first time they ever made motion control cameras like the yes. Dykstra Flex for Star Wars. If you didn't like it, you might compare it to the first time they made a CGI character like Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah, I it, it the movie. Yeah, it did do the movie did do some like you know here here to here before unseen and unused like techniques in making, uh, musicals, which I really enjoyed i really liked i think it was cool i wish more musicals would do that i know it's like insanely hard and complicated which is why they just lip sync in all of the musicals but i thought right. it really added a lot of like i don't know fucking like performance yeah you felt that it was it, the performance it just like wasn't the right musical to do that with it honestly wasn't because a lot of the like I like the movie a lot. I I will defend some of the choices, but a lot of the musical is very big, and when you have to zoom in on people's faces for the for them actually singing, it, right. you sometimes lose a little bit of the scope of the. And people kind of held back on like bigger, louder notes because you know they're doing the sort of screen acting thing and trying to downplay some of the you know like. Yeah, if they had gone a, a, a full like out, a quieter, smaller musical would be a great way. A yeah, great they should have do that with. They should have done that for like last five years. That would have been dope as hell. Like, right? Like, there, there's probably better choices for it. Um, I'm reminded of like in like we just recorded the High School Musical episode, and I just watched all of <laughs> High School Musical. The lip syncing in that is sometimes bad in that like you don't see them doing the riffs that they're doing in studio right like and that's or, or their um their vocal track is just so much more like modulated and controlled because yeah. they're probably like sitting on a stool in the studio and not like dancing through an entire hallway of yes. high school <laughs> exactly yeah i think there's there's pros and Which cons again obviously. why ryan is the hero of that movie <laughs> yes ryan like, is the his best. performance always seems like legit <laughs> Uh, and, and before we start talking about High School Musical for like 30 more minutes, because I probably could. Um, yeah, I think like here's the thing about Les Mis is I think like big picture stuff, like if you if you're very far zoomed out, it all feels like the stuff we talked about, like it's episode one and episode eight. Mm-hmm. And it's grand and it's epic. But then like when you start zooming in and looking at the closer details of like it's based on something that actually happened. It's like uh, a musical, yeah. you know, it has people singing in it. Um, it's historical as opposed to science fiction. Like that's where it kind of starts to break down. But I do think it's still like pretty high up there, at least for all the high level like, you know, uh, uh, reasons that we were discussing. Yeah, right. I'm, like, trying to think of other musicals that have a sort of hero's journey kind of story. Not that this is quite that, but, like, like that, like what is the most Star Wars musical, I guess? Because, like... That's a good question. A hat could be thrown in the ring for this being, like, in that ballpark. <laughs> well, I think because it is an epic, you know, it, it, it helps its case. Um, yeah, right. I, I mean... Maybe it's just because we're talking about Les Mis right now, but I am hard pressed to like try to think of another thing, another musical that has like a sort of straight up hero's journey in it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I did see Percy Jackson the musical, and it was bad, but <laughs> that is a very much a straight up hero's journey. So I don't know. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening to this and you were a part of Percy Jackson the musical, it wasn't that bad. It just wasn't <laughs> what I thought it was, and it didn't feel like it should have been on a touring Broadway stage. And I know it wasn't <laughs> actually on Broadway. <laughs> So, like, it's okay. Hey, if you're a musical theater nerd, fucking email me, and we'll talk it out about Percy Jackson the musical. Uh, I can also I also have a lot of opinions about the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory musical, because that one really was bad. And also, a Dear Evan Hansen. So, if you want to talk shit, fucking <laughs> get in my DMs, baby. Let's do it. You know, I wonder if maybe musical theater, beyond just, you know, like, it's people singing at certain moments, um, it's, it's never going to be like straight down the plate Star Wars because they are able to do things like playing with time jumps or like, you know, I'm thinking of now of like fun home, like that thing jumps yeah. 
between like times in her life like over and over and over and like a movie couldn't really do that i mean i suppose it could I suppose it could, um, but a Star Wars movie? Like, Moonlight kind of did that a little bit, that you saw his, like, yeah. three different, like, ages. But well, um, but a Star Wars movie wouldn't do that. Like, a never. Star Wars movie would, it, that's not its style at it's all. It's too, like, artistic and, like... Um, yes. Uh, well, okay, so like, that's... Star Wars is just, like, so straightforward. That's the question, right? Star Wars is a blockbuster. Is Les Mis a blockbuster musical? I think the argument could be made that yes... Yes, it, like, most certainly is. Because... It's one of the, like, big ones that has, like, succeeded for decades. <laughs> right, I think, I think yes, because, like, it is epic in scope, and also, like, even people who don't know about musicals probably know the name Les Mis, at least. Right. Uh, and like have heard of it maybe, and maybe went to see it when it came out in theaters. Like, it is definitely a blockbuster as far as musical. I go. think it's even been called like the world's favorite musical. I wouldn't be surprised. I think so. The Lay Miz on the West End has has run for like I think almost. I'm not sure if it beats out the record of like Cats and like Lion King on Broadway, but it's like comparable. It's like been running for like, like I think I want to say like 20 years, which might be crazy, but let me look it up. Yeah, no, that, that sounds right. And I, I can't, I'm not finding it, but I, I feel like I've, I've seen that uh, expression used for Les Mis. Like it's the world's favorite musical. Yeah. That would honestly track. Uh Oh yeah. Holy shit. So God, in 2017, uh, Les Mis had been running on the West End for 32 years. Yeah, right. Which is the longest running in the West End and the second longest in the world, which is wild. Is the first longest in the world Phantom? Uh, I would guess yes. Let me just look it up real quick. Uh, yeah, Phantom was the longest on Broadway. Um, yeah, it says 11,000 shows, which I wonder how many years that is. Oh, and it also says, I'm, I'm reading now, it also says it's the second longest running West End show, not musical though, after The Mousetrap, because that show <sighs> runs every night and it has been for like, since theater was invented. <laughs> That's truly insane. I think I my sister went and saw that when she was in England for a study abroad thing. So Fan- Phantom has been running since 88 and it's still running, but it's like, so yeah, how many years is that? 20, 30, 32 well, well, I'll I'll do more research on this and we'll figure it out because mm-hmm. I don't know how that math lines up. But whatever. Anyway, it's Phantom. I think is the longest running. And uh, there's all sorts of like but yes, reboots. So it's, it's not it's not like they like rewrote or added sequels like we're planning on doing. Uh, Les Expendables. Expendables. <laughs> right, Les Expendables. <laughs> um, but like the, it keeps getting redone and. They'll add, you know, stunt casts or they'll do a concert or whatever. And like we talked about, you know, there are people, everyone has like a favorite cast or a favorite iteration, which is similar. Like people have their favorite, you know, it's like, do do you like the original? Do you like the prequels? Do you like the new ones? Everyone likes the original. Real quick, lame is story. I I, I like uh, one time in college, the, uh, this country singer who got, I can't remember his name, but he was the second Valjean on Broadway. And he was literally, he was sort of brought in as stunt casting. Because he was just this very good singer, and he was a country singer, and they brought him into, a, like, basically do his first acting job, and then he was Valjean for a while, and apparently was really good, um, and he sang "Bring Him Home," and it was amazing for us. But like, he wrote "The Wind Beneath My Wings," I think what? is what he wrote. Yeah, and he was like the second Valjean on Broadway. Wow. And we were like, "How did you stay vocally well for that?" And he was like. Uh, I had a cough drop underneath my my tongue for both acts every night. And I was like, that seems dangerous. <laughs> um, but I've also been doing that for like most musicals that I've been in ever since then. Like I'll pop a drop before act one <laughs> and then pop one in, in intermission. And let me tell you, it kind of works. I do like, that too, but I I don't go out on stage with it. You know, my my phone case is the Ricola packaging. Yes, um, I. Love yeah, that them, was the but, wild uh, thing. Anytime if I have one in my mouth and it's like, oh, I have to go on like in like one minute, I just like crunch it down because I don't want to like choke on it. Yeah, that was the wild thing, is because it was like, oh, you were singing "Bring Him Home" with a cough drop in your mouth. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I I have there have been several musicals I've been in recently where I have gone on stage in the second act with a cough drop. Still under my tongue uh, but no one's confronted me about it yet so i guess it's not noticeable so i'm gonna keep doing it huh so yeah i'm gonna get a recall of phone case take that mike i'm stealing your, your thing <laughs> 
Uh, gosh, I feel like we've get, I feel like we've talked a lot about pros and and some cons, and I honestly do not have a good idea of where this is going to land right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't either because it's a weird. It's 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 pros are all weird. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely higher than the musicals we've done so far. Yes. Um, but I don't know where that makes it. But land. that's not saying much because no. High School Musical got like twos and threes, and I think Rent got you know threes, fours, and yeah, threes. Yeah. I I feel like I could maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I think I I think I have it. I think I could give it a rating. I need to come up with a, a unit of measure, though. I'm gonna my unit of measure is gonna be red scarfs to symbolize we're the dead ones on the mm. people at the end, so that you know who's alive and who's dead. Yeah. Okay. I've got a kind of similar one. Then I guess just big triumphant waving flags. <laughs> yeah. <there's, laughs> my favorite part about every like theater. Uh, staging of the of lame is is like when they bring out the barricade because it's like uh-huh. what's it gonna be how epic is it gonna be and when it's not epic you're like well this fucking sucks <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, a couple of bent wood chairs <laughs> yeah you're like this whole show is a waste but when it's really good you're like <laughs> hell yeah dude it's the barricade <laughs> uh is that yeah the set from when they did seussicle I think I think they just there is a cat in, there is the cat in the hat's hat is in there. They they <laughs> definitely just broke it down and glued it together. Uh yeah, I think I'm ready. I think I could give it a rating. I feel like Is that a was puzzler and a ring tingler? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I um, yeah, go ahead. I feel like my gut is saying for some reason like a 5. Like I feel That's like it's truly exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I, Mike, what's strange is I feel like we have this very finely calibrated scale that we truly don't know how to access, but like somehow deep inside ourselves, we we <laughs> know what a rating, we know what it's going to be. But if you, had yes. to, if you had, if you had, if you told me to explain it, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know why this is a five and something else isn't. Yeah. Listen to the hour long episode and, and just, that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We eventually oh, you know, thing get I forgot there. to mention at the end, there's friggin' force ghosts. There are force ghosts. I think they might be referred to as ghosts. <laughs> yeah, actual ghosts, just regular ghosts. Yeah, a couple of fives. A couple of fives. And those force ghosts are wearing my unit of measure and sometimes in the stage productions to let you know that they're not alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, it feels like a five. I feel like it's right down the middle. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Well, if we're going... So here's the thing. Like, we've sort of stumbled across... When we, when we recently uh, broke the ties of our Star Wars movies... I think we came across the con- like came to the conclusion that like it's wild that anything that's not Star Wars gets like above a five. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a five is just the idea that like this is about as Star Wars as something can be without being Star Wars. Yeah, but I mean, I th- I still think like you know, I'm trying to remember some of the ones like we did. Jaws, uh, the thing. All of, a lot of those were higher, like six. We had a lot that were sevens. Yeah, like we've gotten a lot of things seven, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Though you're right, That's you're like right, because it's about note, Star it's, Wars. You're right, it's about quantity, not quality. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel good about but, a five. Like Rogue One shouldn't be a five and a six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, well, should we should we start wrapping up? Yeah. Do you want us yeah. on the internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. Our email is a good podcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter and Instagram is how Star Wars is it. Uh, I'm Mike Gospel on Twitter and Word Gospel09 on Instagram. Uh, I am at the Josiah on Twitter. Uh, you, you can also go to my website, which I just made. Called, it's Josiah Robinson.biz. That's B I Z. Um, that's got my stuff and projects. And if you want to hire me to do music or voice work, do it. Uh, what else? Um, do you have any friends? At all. You should recommend this podcast to them. And then you mm-hmm. should both give it a five-star review on iTunes. If, if, <laughs> if you have an iPhone or you have a friend who has an iPhone, steal their iPhone, give us a rating, and you've done your job. Yeah. If you work yeah. at the Apple Store, log in. To all oh, my the- God. That's a great great idea <laughs> yeah i'm 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 i am not joking if you <laughs> if you go to an apple store give us a review on there do it uh yeah i think that's everything right yeah i think so <laughs> we, nothing more to plug because nothing's happening so oh, right. it's about time for tabby bye bye it sure is <laughs> so hey wildcat you're crazy uh, <laughs> oh is that now part of it <laughs> i don't know you did it last time when i wanted to do it <laughs> the wonderful thing about tigger <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, the only thing about wildcats is wildcats are wild things. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> like we always say, we, we love, love you. you. And, and may, may the, the fourth be with you. Bye. Bye. I need to put a cough drop under my tongue.